Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Hal with a pre-listening sense of regret, apology, and self-deprecation. Uh, my microphone went a bit funny during the recording of this podcast. It's nonetheless better than this sounds, but uh, there are points at which it gets a bit fuzzy. I apologise, hope it doesn't ruin the podcast too much. Onwards. Welcome to the Box Set Pod, and let's begin with some exciting news. Jamie has had his baby. Yes, Jamie Atherton, the man they thought uh, wasn't strong enough to carry a couch up a flight of stairs, has actually managed to form a child thanks to his wife, Lauren. So congratulations to Jamie, it does mean that Jamie is uh, on paternity leave from the podcast for a while, uh, maybe a couple of weeks. So we're doing another special today. We're doing a Dexter special. Please welcome to the podcast my work experience boy, Jack. How are you, Jack? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, excited about chatting Dexter with you. Um, we should do a warning. This podcast is different from the usual podcast, as with the uh, Mel special on Gilmore Girls last week. Uh, this is for people who have watched Dexter in its entirety. It is going to be full of spoilers, this chat. So you have been warned. Please do not uh, complain if you uh, want to watch Dexter and then ruin it by listening to us. We're going to make no attempt to hide the truth from you. By the way, Jamie's baby's called George Peter Atherton. Isn't that a nice name? It sounds like a king. It does. That's what I thought. It's very regal. George Peter Atherton, head of Winterfell. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so well done to him. Do Do you imagine you'll have children one day, Jack? Uh, possibly one day in the future, maybe when I'm a bit more mature, yeah, and and got a degree behind me. See, I'm I'm I've never been. I've always been of the disposition that I won't have children, and uh, I think people fall into two camps. Do you like children? Do you like hanging around kids? Uh, when they're a bit more formed and they can mm. have have conversations with you. When b- before about four years old, don't want anything to do with them. Oh, when they're babies, I mean, they might be cute at times, but they're just pooing machines that too loud yeah and just so much patience involved i don't know maybe i am some kind of sociopath maybe even a psychopath like dexter dexter there we go winging it back to dexter so the way that this podcast works like mel did last week pre-trump election uh it's quite interesting listening to last week's podcast the number of times we sort of mentioned Trump and she's just got her fingers crossed, bless her, that it's not going to be him. What on earth happened there? Oh, Jack, it's like, I'll say our generation, but you're like 10 years younger than me, but young people just voted against Trump and the old people voted for Trump. Voted for him, yeah. It's like Brexit all over again. Get out the way, old people. Get out the way and let the people who are going to be in charge of this earth make the decisions. It's depressing. Anyway. Painful. 
Um, uh, so the way it worked with Mel last week was <coughs> each of us bring a set of envelopes with us with statements in, pre-prepared statements. We don't know what each other's statements are. They are interesting, provocative, or observations on Dexter, uh, statements on Dexter, and um, and and that's uh, how we will form this discussion, the things that spring to mind now that we've finished it. <coughs> so I'd, I'll let you go first, Jack. What is your right, first then. topic? Well, I just need to say before we start, no matter what Dexter bashing I might do throughout this podcast, I do actually love it, despite anything that I might say. But there is so much to bash with to, Dexter. To watch all seven series, you have to enjoy it. But I know exactly what you mean. It's one yeah. of these box sets that's like, it's so mainstream in the sense of like, it changes so much and it, it makes decisions that are clearly based on like some bloody focus group they've done at the end <laughs> of a series or something. And there's these massive weird things that happen and it's just, it's very, it's not really of the box set world anymore that this Netflix no. world is. It, is. it looks like it was on TV once a week and everyone watched it. But Jack, you are known on this podcast for your young, youthful and stupid opinions. So Yeah, um, often. Maybe we'll find some common ground. Let's see. Go on. What's your, All right, what's then. your first? Um, well, one of my first questions is, do you ever think there could be a British version of Dexter to be made? Do, do you think we'd see a British version on our screens? Oh, and who would play Dexter? Oh, that's interesting. Because mm. I think... There could be one made, but it would be awful. Because the thing with Dexter is it's got the the Hispanic themes, the music, the the atmosphere. Is it L.A. that it's filmed in? Oh, Miami. Well, it is filmed Miami. in L.A. mostly, but it's set in Miami. And you're right, Miami is such a character. In fact, if you... Um... If you go back to one of the first podcasts we did, I actually went to Miami and saw his flat, his apartment, yeah. um, which I saw recently, actually, on the Michael Bay comedy film, comedy action, set in Miami based on a true story, Pain and Gain, which uh, stars... Oh, I've, yeah, I've seen it, with The Rock the and, Rock and Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg yeah. it's, mm. it's actually quite a good movie for Michael Bay. Um, it's just yeah. weird because it's a true story and they've made it into like a comedy and it's a true story about people like killing people it's weird yeah it's a bit bizarre isn't it but yeah you're right miami is such a character in it and this dark stuff going on is always in a really sunny beach sort of background whereas you wouldn't get that in preston you wouldn't get that in preston no i can't think of a british town unless you set it in like the channel isles on jersey or something but even then it's kind of it's 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 the surrounding of this kind of uh liberal party town that make brings it to life and and juxtaposes the um the uh, darkness the darkness yeah that makes it so good so good observation jack i think you're right if they if it was set in britain maybe the solution would be to cast somebody who had that cheery disposition um to yeah play, to play dexter uh Who's got a cheery disposition? Uh... See, I, I thought. Have you ever have you watched The Fall? No, See, that's got the the actor Jamie Donovan in it, who plays Paul Spector, and he also plays the fella in Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. And he, I think, he would really suit that. Yeah, yeah, looks like a psycho killer. I mean, Dexter looks like he's kind of, although he's quite buff, he's like me if i got buff he's like he's quite an ordinary looking sort of yeah. rectangular shaped person mm. and he it, it's his ordinariness that also works in his favor 
yeah um, and the 50 shades of gray guy is perhaps a bit too good looking perhaps you need somebody who is yeah a bit more ordinary yeah sinks into the background a little bit which is why it's difficult to think of who who you would play as him I don't know in fact Dexter Fletcher who we had on this podcast uh, director oh, yeah. uh, Eddie the Eagle he, he might be quite good at it but I don't know I don't know maybe yeah, it's a, a tough one maybe like a Brummie uh, it, 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 <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't work it wouldn't no work it wouldn't would it no, no definitely not uh, okay, good discussion. My first discussion point: How much is Batista awesome? Discuss. Oh, he's he's is one of my favorite, if not the favorite character for the entire eight series. Well, he's not in it until the end, is he? Does he not leave he's halfway in, through? He's in it every or, series. Is he, he in every series? Yeah, he, he talks. We'll come on to it, but he talks about leaving the force in one. Oh, series. that might be it then. Um, we yeah, to... he's, he's absolutely brilliant. He he brings so much to that show. Like we we're saying, the juxtaposition with the darkness and the the almost comedy, like the the opening scene, I always found extremely light-hearted, but with obviously dark undertones with the steak and everything. Um, I mean the uh, the opening credits. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and he brings so much happiness and comedy into the show. That it does. It's, it's it's needed with a show like this. It really is needed. But he also plays. He's the guy I'm kind of rooting for. Like I I wished. That, that Batista I always thought when I was watching it that it would end with Batista taking Dexter down because yeah. Batista whilst he was light relief he was also um, the, the big hearted one and, and, and quite sincere you know yeah he was a good guy you felt worse about Dexter hoodwinking him all the time than anybody mm. else and I thought it would be one of those things where ultimately he had to choose between his job or, well, basically, what they did to Deb, um, they had to, you oh, know, she God, finds yeah. out the secret, and then she has to choose between her loyalty to Dexter and her professional. And the badge. Yeah, the badge. Yeah. Batista could have made that decision as well. It could have brought him into it in that sense as well, which could have been really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I felt like Batista was 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 pushed about a bit. They. They did strange, like that brings. I'll jump straight onto my second statement if that's all right. Yeah. How yeah. completely stupid was it that Batista got married at the end of a series to the yeah. boss, and that the start of the next series they just explained in a sentence on a bench that he was divorced and he, he was, was completely forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. In the modern age of. Breaking Bad and committing to decisions like as if that would ever happen. As if you spend a series working towards somebody's marriage, a love story, and then just clearly they did some bloody research and some focus group went, yeah, I don't care for Batista being married, and they went right. Well, was his wife still in the show after they'd got divorced? Well, I, she or was. Did, did she bit, not leave? No, I, I I think that she was. Wasn't she? Yeah, she was the one who started to do you remember in the last series she started to figure out who Dexter was she started to work out, yeah. she was like working on her own in an office and mm. she was the one that Deb realised was getting close to the fact that this serial killer must be someone in the police force and um, yeah yeah. Um, so she was still in it but, but they just completely 
split them up and went, <laughs> forget it. And maybe it wasn't a focus group, maybe it was contractual, maybe she didn't want to do as many episodes or something. But they, they could, he could still have been saying, oh, I'm going home to her. To the she wife. She didn't need to be in it. Yeah. It's... Uh, and then my third envelope how completely stupid was it that Batista spent a series quitting from the force to set up his own <laughs> restaurant and then he was back on the force next series yeah. oh yeah restaurant didn't work out <laughs> I'd actually forgotten about that point yeah, yeah. it was Ludicrous. so stupid they did it to him twice I don't know what was going through the, the showrunners and the writers minds when they thought because Batista really was one of the best characters in the show yeah. and if he was going to carry on with that restaurant he would have no longer been in it or mm. not as a, as big a part as he had yeah. and he must have been on something yeah oh, crack um, yeah yeah. my wife and I uh, Sarah and I used to um, make up rhymes using the word Batista while we were watching it I can't remember any <laughs> now but it's it's a fun name to say I'll try it after this. Batista, Fleester, I don't know, Easter. Um, anyway. Is that, that, talking about the, the showrunners mm-hmm. and everything, that brings me on to one of my points. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of hallucinogenics were the showrunners on when they thought that this was worth eight series? <laughs> because clearly they were on something illegal at, at that time when they decide when they sat down and thought we need another series of Dexter eight series it, I couldn't think of anything that has lasted eight series and still been as good as it was in series one by the end and it, do it, it do ruined it for exactly me exactly the same thing but let me answer that question with a question Jack did you watch them all Yes, but well, I didn't but... like them all. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the fact that it was carrying on. I, you see, I disagree. I could have gone on for another eight series. It was, it was popcorn from the start, and yeah, it never tried to be anything more than popcorn. Well, that said, the reason it was so good was because of the depth of the acting and the, you know, the there were elements in that particularly the two main parts who they were such good actors and the guests that they had on were such good actors that yeah it made it much deeper than your average network sort of tv show there mm. was if it wasn't for their talent that all of that to in and fro in and batista's flipping around everywhere would have would have just been so stupid yeah but it was michael thing he's what's his bloody name it's, oh michael c hall michael michael c hall it was his commitment to the whole thing that i think made it sustainable but you're right yeah it's like okay i started to get the feel right i get it now we have a different serial killer every series yeah he takes them on he ultimately wins yeah i agree with you saying that it's like popcorn i think if it wanted to be taken more seriously as a the crime psychological thriller that it was and not because I, I do think that there are aspects of comedy in it and it's easy to come home and binge watch it's mm-hmm. not even though it's centered around the psychopathic sociopathic serial killer it's light-hearted serial killer mm-hmm. yeah um and yeah that's the reason why it will have gone on for so long um i went to um 
Florida Keys and I had to hire a speedboat that looked just like Dexter's, you know, with like the tall <laughs> little bit and I drove around the Keys in this speedboat thinking I was Dexter. And again, there's like a big part of the show I think is the wish fulfillment because he targets other serial killers. You yeah. uh, and he drives the boat and he lives in Miami. All of this, the draw to, for it, the reason why it won't work in Britain is that nobody wants to drive a frigging taxi around Birmingham or wherever you'd yeah, set exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, in a way, we want to be Dexter whilst also going, yeah, but he, you know, he chops people up. He also yeah. represents that bit in us, you know, it's the yeah, superhero. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Because it's, we all have the, maybe not necessarily I want to wrap them in cling film and yeah. chop them up piece by piece, <laughs> but there are elements of Dexter's darker character in all of us yeah. I, I definitely think that and I remember at the time when I was watching Dexter it was in my second year of doing A-levels mm. and I hated hated A-levels mm. and my dark voice was calling out then when I was doing my A-levels when I was watching Dexter it felt like I was Lancaster's answer to the non-serial killer version of Dexter with <laughs> I felt exactly I've thought about writing a blog about this very thing at the time I was in a job that I wasn't very happy with and would have loved to have secretly taken out a few bosses and yeah. wrapped up in clink film and it was like um, that's the escapism the escapism is going you know what all of the world can think that it's almost like the bully at school, isn't it? It's, it's like mm. the world is your bully, and wouldn't it be great to get one over on the bully without anybody else realizing that you were doing it? And yeah, that's what made it so. Yeah, the wish fulfillment of living a secret life where you can put right justice, uh, where, where you can deliver justice. The, yeah, the, that's the beauty of it. I think. Um, okay. Here's my next one. All right, then. How completely stupid is it? This is the last how completely stupid. How <laughs> completely stupid is it that Dexter ends up leaving his kid and running away because he believes, as a serial killer, he cannot be trusted or cannot help harming those around him? And yet, he leaves the kid with Yvonne Strahovski's character, who is a bloody serial killer. Yeah, it... That links in to one of my questions, and it is, how could it have ended differently and mm. not been meteorically disappointing? Because it was great it, question. The ending, and the whole, like I said, the whole setup of the ending, the premise of the idea of it, just bizarre. I have written it, down the exact same thing. How could they have ended it differently? It, but saying that, I, I don't know how they would have ended it different with Bard. Dexter dying. That's the only option. The, everything yeah. that we said about it being a network TV series, there's something, there's a new code in TV that anybody who smokes will die. Yeah. You only see characters who smoke being ones that end up dying because smoking bad guys. is bad. Yeah. Um, now, a similar thing. If a character is a killer and goes against any or, or, or breaks the law, Mm. one way or another no matter what you think of them they have to receive justice and uh, and I don't know whether that's the thing that has to well, it's a deep seated psychological thing about entertainment giving entertainment to the masses like can you tell people that this is alright and you can walk away from it and so to have an ending anything other than Dexter dying 
is really quite a coup. Uh, it's quite a brave thing to do. So yeah. having him lose everything that he loves, that or that yeah, he has to. He kind of learns what love is, doesn't he? But mm. having loses his sister, loses his kid, loses his girlfriend. Um, and has to live in a log cabin in Canada, wherever he is. <laughs> um, that's the justice to him. It's like, okay, that's fair justice to Dexter. But if yeah. if you're going to go that way, and because of the series that it is, I personally would have ended it with something further than that. And that's where I think there's somewhere else to go with it. But mm. but I don't know how how much further because really all I want him to do is realize that he 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 found the perfect solution. He met a serial killer. She was beautiful. They could bring up the kid together, and their negatives cancel each other out in some weird way. It's like yeah, and um, they both know each other's truth, and that'll be enough to temper their thirst for blood, and. And they can bring up the kid together in Mexico. So, great. Well done. So, I, I did want him to... You know, if you're going to make him live, I did want him to get on the plane with them and go away. And I felt let down by that because... I just like happy endings. But I also think it's the harder choice sometimes is to do a happy ending. Just give yeah. the audience something controversial. Why not let us walk away and go, how could you do that? How could you let the serial killer live? I don't know who has watched eight series of something and then said, oh my god, you were nice to our heroes. Like, at, yeah. s at some point, like you've already admitted, we all want to be Dexter, and, and he is us. So, really, can you complain if if you get a happy ending? I, I, I don't think you can, but it, yeah, it feels like the rules of TV dictated how they ended it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, there was no right way, I thought, to end it, to, to do it right by the rules of TV and right by the fans. And the, the fact that it went on for eight series, everybody was always going to be disappointed. They were never going to please anyone. Um, and I, I would have quite liked to have seen Dexter end up on someone else's table, on another serial killer's table. That's the other way, um, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or with... Because the way I remember the last episode is he he drives off into the big wave that's coming towards the Bay Harbor, yeah. and you think you think that he's died because isn't there a newspaper article saying that he's been lost at sea? They think he's dead. Yeah. 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 And then the camera goes, the screen goes black, and then it comes up with him in Canada on this log cabin. Yeah. And it for the split second that I thought that Dexter had actually died, I was happy. I thought that's a relatively good ending to a relatively good show yeah. but then they had to bring him back and that just cancelled out any feelings of happiness that I currently had so because you, you wanted him to die it, yeah oh, in a way man. god I didn't I'll tell you where the series ended for me um, although it couldn't have ended here but where it kind of metaphorically ended was when he takes Ivan Strahovski to the fairground, the the out of use fairground. Oh yeah. And he pins her to the table, and you think he's going to kill her, and then they have sex. Mm. And it's like, spiritually speaking, in that moment, he has found his match in every sense, right? Yeah. She's in a way she's challenged him not to kill her, and his love for her has won. 
then there was the stuff between him and Deb, which we'll come on to, and mm-hmm. he ended up choosing Yvonne Strahovski, which he would because Yvonne Strahovski is the most beautiful most definitely. in the world, apart from my wife. And <laughs> um, and so, <coughs> spiritually speaking, I think it, it kind of ended there. He He's finally found his, his match, and that's yeah. that. And so... But but then, like once you've had that beat and you've got another half series or another series and a half to go, then you have to find a different resolution. Um, if he'd have had that, if he'd have gone to the cabin and then had that moment with her, or she'd come out, pinned him down with cling film and gone, yeah. But I ain't gonna kill you, kind of thing. Or there, there was some some indication that like by meeting each other, their weird their weird obsessions become turn into a sexy thing instead of a real <laughs> thing or a you know uh, an outlet for each other um, mm. is the solution that he always needed he needed to find love and he needed to find someone who understood him but again so you know and and why not end it like that if you are what he has done is leave his child with a serial killer that's what he's done yeah it was all in all. It was a terrible ending. There's, I can't no, agree. I can't agree. It's terrible. I, I was so glad two that he ways didn't about. Yeah. I'm so glad he didn't die. But, um, I, and they and also they're keeping it open, aren't they? They're keeping it. Well, open. yeah, that leads on to, um, another question of mine is that, do you think there is any room for a spin-off? Now, when I googled this before, mm. uh, the showrunner said that it would only ever happen if Michael C. Hall returned and they were in, this was in 2014 they were in talks about possibly bringing Dexter back but how would that go how would uh, Dexter return to our screens where would the storyline come from by him just being another serial killer and repeating the same old eight series over and over we had on a previous podcast Dexter's um, director of photography on live from his house in Mexico and yeah. or Panama wherever he was and he said the same thing he said you know it's really up to Michael C. Hall and I think he'll do it I really do because I think when these people do years of an intensive TV show they get so bloody sick of it like just mm. rinsed and they just go I cannot do any more of this and they stop and they think that they're going to go on to more challenging greater things and they will for a while they'll do a few projects and stuff but then the the fans and the attention and they they recoup and their energy comes back yeah and I feel like like with the Gilmore Girls um, they'll maybe there's some Netflix specials or maybe there's a return yeah who knows and what would but what would they do with it and that would be the question that he asks primarily because he's such a like he's a proper actor he wants to know that it's it's a it's, it's it, there's a story to tell yeah I mean that said was he really asking that after series like four yeah he probably <laughs> yeah he probably gave up yeah um but Yvonne Strahovski would have to be in it she'd have to sign up and she's yeah they would have to come back and bring his child back into it somehow Yeah, I would like to see that happen but then there was a part I was very glad when I saw that they said they would never do it without Michael C. Hall because he is Dexter there could never be another Dexter 
Here's what I'd do with the next series. Batista figures it out, right? Yeah. I can't remember now whether he does figure it out at the end, whether they already kind of know or suspect that it's him. I think they have a slight suspicion that it could be him. Sorry if we are wrong on this, it's been a while. Um, but if if Batista... So Batista figures it out, right? <clears throat> yeah. Meanwhile, Dexter is in Mexico. He is watching his child playing with Ivan Strovsky on a beach from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, he plucks up the courage to go and join them uh, in some form. Joins them, but Batista can't get beyond the fact that Dexter was the culprit and decides to try and track him down and Dexter is ultimately faced by Batista and he has to make a decision Batista is the only one that knows everything and Dexter has to decide whether to kill Batista or whether to turn himself in yeah I like that I think yeah I think that would be a good but then that well See that was the other thing. Meanwhile, that I was Batista's thinking about. set up a, a hot dog stand, and he isn't a detective <laughs> anymore. <laughs> See, I was thinking if they did bring it back, so at what point would they finally say, "Right, there is enough Dexter now to go around for a very long time"? I think, like you said, maybe a Netflix special or mm. a one-off, three or four episodes. Maybe a. Mm, I don't think a short film would work. I think the TV format is the best thing for it but yeah. if they were going to bring it back I wouldn't want to see another 8 series and also if you did bring it back how do you end it because you can't bring it back and then have Dexter die mm. but but can you now bring it back and have Dexter achieve happiness in some way maybe Batista ultimately, maybe Dexter does turn himself in and in the journey of heading of being extradited back to the USA with Batista. Batista sees how much his kid and his wife means to him. And Batista lets him slip on purpose. And Ooh. that's the final move of Batista. But then is that losing the element of darkness and the, yeah, the yeah. intent? Yeah, see, then it wouldn't. It will never recapture those first three and four three or four series of Dexter that to me is Dexter hang on, hang on Batista who has captured Dexter gone through the mill the emotional mill brought him back to Miami Mm -hmm. Um, there's one night to go before he turns Dexter in and they're staying in a lodge or something and Batista has got a hot dog stand enemy he was against (laughs) his hot dog stands terrible person and it sounded like Donald Trump then. Terrible person. <laughs> and then Batista, and then Dexter, takes out Batista's enemy and chops Does him up. a favour. Does him a favour. And Batista realises what the justice is that Dexter has been delivering. Uh, mm. Somehow sees the benefit of Dexter's insanity and understands the rules of Dexter. And as a result, he says, "On balance, you've done better. You've done good for this world rather than bad." Yeah. And you must go and be with your soon-to-be wife and child in Mexico. 
sends him off on his boat with just enough gas to get to Mexico. To Mexico. get him there. <laughs> yeah, and then Batista serves up his competition in his hot dogs. <laughs> That's what the yeah. There's your next seven series. Batista yeah. becomes an accomplice selling the meat. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> From his hot dog van, which in the next series, in series ten, becomes an ice cream van. Um, <laughs> using the bones of people to make sugar or something the best serial killer is Yvonne Strahovski discuss um, I think it, it was season one where they had his brother was it the ice truck killer the ice truck killer um, and I at the time I didn't know how many series there, there was going to be of Dexter Yeah. and I remember thinking at that time that they've they've blown the load too quickly. Yeah. They should have kept the brother in the bag on the back burner, maybe given a few hints to it every now and again throughout the series, and then that could have been. In fact, that would have been a relatively good ending to the show. With something to do with his brother. Let me tell you what annoyed. You've just reminded me what really annoyed me. Actually, the the brother plot annoyed me, and I'll tell you what. Throughout Dexter, I, I don't feel like we ever had a series that was... Um, and they do this a lot in TV series, like especially in the Marvel Universe now, which I'm getting really sick of. So am I. Sometimes, right? Do you remember the day... You don't remember this because you were probably... What year were you born? 96. Jesus. You were... <laughs> maybe you were minus three years old, but... Okay. Um, Back in the 90s, Superman starring Dean Cain was on TV. Anyway, in that series, the the plots that ran throughout the series were... They were pretty thin on the ground. And the joy of watching it was that every episode was the bloody same. You had yeah. an enemy, you had Superman, who was secretly Superman and in public Clark Kent, a lot like Dexter... And mm-hmm. you and he solved a crime every week, and it was a different crime every week. And there we go. And um, with something that is popcorn TV, that's what we want. We want to tune in every week and see him nearly get caught and just get away with it. Maybe somebody starts to cotton on that it might be him, and that runs throughout the series. So I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed people sort of figuring that. But the brother thing brought in... The the reason for the brother thing was all about Dexter's personal discovery, wasn't it? About him going, am, yeah. I, am I really like him? Um, was my, fa- my father new? Him talking to his dad in ghost form annoyed yeah, me. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, permanently pissed me off. <laughs> Every time he came on, I was like, oh, jeez. It was like... Maybe as part of Michael C. Hall wanting to do something that had depth, maybe what we have to get with that is also this thing that mm. that is quite Shakespearean and has the ghost of Hamlet's father talking to him or whatever. Um, there was an element of that, but it mm. just it, it I didn't like that stuff hanging over. I always wanted in I always wanted to have a bunch of series where nothing happened. And and the and the focus was on the people that he was killing. 
So in that first episode, you see a guy who's like, uh, I think he's a paedophile in the first episode, and something like that captures like Boy Scouts or, or kids or something like that, and you enjoy the fact that Dexter gets someone who's vile and kills him. Yeah. And and we didn't. It was very very quick that we started to care about who am I? Where did I come from? Am I like my brother? And am I like my father? What would my father say? All that stuff. I was like, fine, have it, but but spread it out even more. Like, give me give me twenty series. Yeah. And because I think you want in less series comes from the fact that they asked these big questions and they saw the resolution on. to them. And so you're going, oh, just wrap it up. Rather than going, you know what the fun is here? A bit like Chuck, there we go, ring the bell, mention <laughs> Chuck. Of course, Yvonne Strahovski, a big star of Chuck. Um, but in Chuck, you, you just have Chuck versus something in every episode, and it's a different uh, mission every episode. It's mm. great. There's something really fun about that. And that's that's what I would like. If they brought it back, it would be like Dexter's back and he's even more pissed off than before. <laughs> he's like, well, yeah. When you were saying about him talking to his dad, I hated that as well. But from what I can remember, from towards the end of Dexter, maybe series six, seven, and eight onwards, they didn't focus as much on Dexter talking to his dad as they did in the first few series. In the first few series, it was every second scene. His dad would pop up out of nowhere and they would have a heart-to-heart discussion about the code of killing. And that probably links back to the fact that they were doing it, doing it with focus groups and that people weren't happy with it because it didn't bring anything to the show itself. or I, Very little it brought to it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good point about them. They went too hard too quick. I mean, who with. knows? I'll tell you something else that annoys me. On the internet, when you Google something now, everything is top 10 this, top 20 this, yeah. top 8 amazing bridges in the world, <laughs> top 5 stupidest ways to die. Well, I've just Googled most annoying things about Dexter, and <laughs> BuzzFeed have got 25 ways Dexter went wrong. So despite hating it, I'm going to tell you some, right? Go See on, if then. we agree. When Deb started dating her superior FBI special agent Frank Lundy. Yeah, to- I'd forgotten about that, but that <laughs> yeah. pissed me off. He was like 70, wasn't he? And yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, when, Mig- when Miguel Prado, played by the excellent Jimmy Smith, also in The Get Down, found out the truth about Dexter and didn't turn him in. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that was annoying, but then that was because he was also really dodgy himself. He was killing himself, wasn't he? he was, he, and he was going to yeah. use Dexter, I think. But yeah, number three. When Deborah rebounded with C.I. Anton Big Briggs, so she started going out with C.I. Oh, going out with him. Yeah. I mean, that much, though. I wouldn't have put it in the top 25. I think they're stretching it out. No, I if, think that, that was a bit of a smaller part from what I can remember. It, it, it wasn't... The thing with... What was he called? The FBI Frank Frank London or other. Yeah, that was more yeah, that was more dragged out. Number it... four. When Batista and Laguerta randomly got paired off between seasons, yes, exactly. Yeah. They were sleeping with each other 
uh, why? Because why not? And then there was no chemistry between them, and their relationship, which eventually faltered, was a clear attempt at giving two frequently underused characters something new to do. Uh, it never made any sense, and several seasons down the line, it was easy to forget it ever happened. Well, I've got a twist on that. I liked the fact that they got together, and uh, what annoyed me was when they just suddenly weren't together anymore. But there we go. Uh, what else have we got? I'm skipping a few because I just don't agree with them. Like when Deb moved on with Quinn, another co-worker. She dated a lot of people. She um, did. And then, eventually, dated a bloody brother. Or at least wanted to. Which mm. we'll get on to. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll get on to in a minute. Um, okay, where else have we got? When Dexter and Lumen fell for each other after some cathartic murdering. The Lumen stuff. Oh, I'd forgotten about Lumen. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that she as well. She was another actually. like blonde serial killer. He uh, didn't he kill someone for her or something? Maybe. Well, wasn't there an absolute raging psychopath that he went out with? Um, or no, he had an affair with her, and she had sort of dark blackish hair, and she ended up burning down her apartment. Uh, and oh, she yeah, was yeah, yeah. absolutely nuts. Well, that's another one. Lumen was the one that is blonde and not Yvonne Strahovski. It's another one. Um, as if the Lumen storyline didn't smack of Leela enough. Leela must be the nuts one. Once mm. again, Dexter had to start sleeping with a strange new woman in his life. Dexter's love life hasn't been as much of a disaster as Deb's, but there's a sense the writers can't stop repeating themselves. Are they hoping the audience will just forget they've seen something many times before? Yeah, everyone's mm. dating. Oh, yeah. we need a love interest. We need a love interest. Again, it's all this stuff, all this plot, or, uh, instead of just let him kill, let him kill. So let's uh, let's see the pe- the the different people who need taking out because that's the other yeah. thing about the wish fulfillment is that we're going around in society we don't really want him to take on another serial killer which is what he does most of the time we want to we want him to take on the douchebag on our street that really annoys <laughs> us and happens to have done something awful you know that's mm. what we want in our lives um uh when dexter's dead brother popped up again yeah yeah. When De- here we go. This is the big one for me, which we will move on to now. When Deborah decided she had romantic feelings for Dexter. Nope. Bad. Just a can of worms. Dad. Uh, sorry, not dad. Freudian slip. Dirty. Wrong. <laughs> um. Buzzfeed say, who conceived of this horrific development and why? Deb falling for Dexter, her half, but her brother by adoption, but her brother nonetheless was a low point in season six a season filled with low points it was icky and embarrassing and the culmination of six seasons of deb getting fucked over by the writers thankfully <laughs> this plot was mostly abandoned once deborah learned her brother is a serial killer that's correct but it it was like i i've got to say there was a part of me that that enjoyed it that thought if you're gonna do it they need to get together right yeah and she needs to be his savior the only reason to do that, to do something so bizarre as to two people who've been brought up with purely platonic um, love for each other, the only reason to break that would be if she was going to be the thing which finally said that he needed. Him, that he needed. And she could have yeah. been. She really could have been. But maybe that had something to do with the fact that they got married in real life and then they split up 
Um, oh, did they? Yes. Ah. Yeah, you see, the rumour is, or what he's kind of said, or hinted at, he, they got married, and he wasn't that bothered about having kids, and then he got a form of cancer that he had to deal with in between yeah, the series. Yeah, I heard about that. And he dealt with it in between the series, but the kind of life-changing scare made him then go... Um, uh, made him want kids, and she didn't want kids, and and then and he's and that was the demise. There's mm. a clip on YouTube of them um, in a sort of panel, and she was saying, "Just because you're not with someone doesn't mean you don't love them anymore." And she's crying, and oh, it's pretty, it's pretty awkward, pretty awkward. But yeah, that was a that was a weird decision to make. It was. You, you it don't was make the... that decision be- without committing to it. No. And yeah, it, there were two characters on two separate paths. I thought, and I was glad that she found out, but there was no it. It ruined the the investment that I that I'd made with the characters. The yeah. fact that they got together. But saying that, I could have seen it coming from probably season two onwards. It didn't surprise me that it had happened because it was another mad Dexter showrunner writer thing that they would do mm. just to it, it's it's like Batista breaking up with his wife but on a lot larger scale it's just something nuts yeah yeah exactly um, BuzzFeed also gets some things wrong I think uh, because BuzzFeed are just trying to fill 25 things <laughs> uh, like they say when they've said specifically what I said uh, but the opposite when Dexter was all set to kill Hannah McKay but then decided to have sex with her instead at the fairground um, I, I disagree I think that was that was an important point that was important no yeah I agree with you on that um, but there we go there we go and there's plenty more on there um well, we've we've probably gone on long enough, but what haven't we covered? Um, I've, um, I've covered all mine. What have you got? I've covered all of mine as have well. Have you? Uh, yeah. Oh, it feels like I'm trying it. to think about it, trying to think of anything else, but yeah, I think I'm I'm spent. Wow, that feels like it ended too quickly all of a sudden. Um, what do we love about Dexter? It's it's the the great thing about Dexter is is what we said. It's the experience of watching it. Even if we want, like you said at the beginning, even if we want to change things about it, mm. there's something so. Just talking about it now, I think I'm going to start rewatching. Makes it. me want to rewatch it. Yeah, because it's got such a bit like the Gilmore Girls last week with Mel. There's there's a, there is a world that exists in that series that you just that is just so addictive. You just want to go back to it. And I think yeah. that makes Miami. It really made me want to live in Miami. It's like the best advert for Miami ever, and yeah, it's it, about yeah, it definitely is. And stuff. <laughs> but yeah, be- because he's us. Because it's like, well, subconsciously we're going, well, well, yeah, we could live in Miami because I'd be the one doing the killing, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and he's an average guy as well. He's he's just a sort of normal run of the mill character. Mm. Like like you said, he's he's nothing special. Um, looks wise it's someone that we can relate to easily yeah without without having to do all the killing yeah um and that's what makes the show so fantastic but even though there are aspects of it that are diabolical to some extent like the deb thing like the ludicrous storylines that come out of nowhere saying all of that it's still a brilliant show well said jack who knows where we'll be next week? 
find out then. Uh, thank you, Jack. Thank you, Howell. Go and watch Dexter. It's available on Netflix, and you can buy it from places that sell it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.